Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. So far, due to the importance of as salah, the importance of prayer in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the last few chapters, we've been discussing the issue of salah, the issue of the prayer. Because the prayer is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given specific instructions for us to preserve. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hafidhu ala salawat. Be mindful of your prayers and preserve the prayer. Wasta and the middle prayers. And we've been discussing the prayers of Ashabul A'dhar. Those who have an excuse or a license or permission regarding the what? Regarding the prayer. And when we say they have an excuse regarding the prayer, we mention that as-salah is never the obligation of ibadah, especially salah. The obligation is never removed under any circumstances whatsoever so long as a person has sound mind and intellect. The obligation of salah is never, ever, ever removed. But the chapter was looking at was those who have an excuse. An excuse. Ashabul a'adhar. Excuse for what? Excuse firstly for qasr. For shortening the prayer. And qasr is of two types. There's qasr min jihatul kayfiyah. There's two types of qasr. There's qasr in terms of the description of the prayer. Meaning, some of the pillars may be lessened. And some of the obligations of the salah may be lessened for the one who has an excuse. For example, from the pillars of salah is a qiyam, to stand in prayer. From the pillars of salah is ruku'. But there's qasr for the one who has an excuse. Meaning some of these pillars may be removed. And what are these people that the pillar of standing may be removed for, for example? The one who is sick. So for the one who is sick, the prayer is shorter in terms of the obligations of the salah, like surukur or sujood. If the qiyam, standing, or the sujood, or the rukur, increases him in his illness, or delays his healing, or is extremely difficult for him. And there's another type of qasr. What's that type of qasr? The qasr, the shortening in terms of the amount of units in the salah. So we know normally, Dhuhr, Asr, Isha is how many? Four raka'ah. But for the one who has an excuse, he could shorten the units from four to two. And who is the one that has an excuse to do this? Al-Musafir, the one who's traveling. So these are Ashab al-A'zar, the one that's ill and the one that is traveling. The other excuse they have is the excuse to join their salah. Jayyid? Those who are ill and also those who are traveling. Meaning every single person that could shorten his prayer automatically by default could also do what? Join his salah. But is it every single person that could join his salah could also shorten the prayer? No. And also those who fall into the categories of joining the prayer or who else? What's the third category of people? Ashab al-A'zah that could join the prayers. What are they? Those who are caught in rain. If there's rainfall and they come to the masjid and they've prayed Maghrib and it's raining outside, the Imam could say we're going to pray Maghrib and Isha together in the masjid. Today we're going to look at the last category of Ashab al-A'dhar, those who have excuses. And this last category is going to need you to have your thinking cap on today. Because the last one, which is Bab Salat al-Musafir, the chapter of the prayer of the Musafir, was serious mathematics and algebra. This one is more of that. But this shows the greatness of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This category we're going to look at today is unique in the sense that 
the two types of qasr, either shortening the pillars or shortening the units of prayer is joined in this particular salah. The two types. Meaning this particular salah we're going to look at today, which is salah of al-kha'if, the salah of a person in a state of fear, that is allowed to reduce some of the obligations of the salah, such as standing. Jayyid, such as ruku' and sujood, is allowed to shorten those obligations or remove those obligations. So for example, the one who's in a state of fear, if he's in a state of fear to start up in salah, he could remain seated. If he's in a state of fear, meaning, this Salat al-Kha'if is usually prayed by the one who's in war. If he's in war and he's in a trench or in a dugout, and by standing up, someone will snipe him, a sniper will hit him, who could pray in the trench sitting down. This Salat al-Khawf, also, if a person could not go to Rukur or Suju, which is a pillar of the Salat, and he's in a state of fear, thinking the enemy will attack him, is allowed to pray the whole Salat standing up. And if rukur is difficult, sujood is difficult, all the pillars are difficult, this salatu khawf, he could pray just using his head and keep fighting. This salatu khawf, the prayer of the one was in fear. Some of the ulama, they said the only rukun, the only pillar which is obligatory upon him, if the fear is severe, is just takbiratul ihram. Allahu Akbar, khalas. And not only does it do this, shorten the pillars, it also shortens the what? The units. So Salatul Khawf, if the fear is intense, unlike that of the Musafir, we could go from four raka'ah to two raka'ah. Salatul Khawf, according to Hadith al-Sahihah, if the fear is severe, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prays Salatul Khawf raka'ah wahida, only one raka'ah. Only one raka'ah. So we're going to look at the last categories of those who have excuse. And this is Al-Khawf, the one who's in fear. So the Mu'allif, the author, Rahimullah Ta'ala, says, Bab Salat al-Khawf, the chapter of the prayer of fear. And it's called Salat al-Khawf because the one that usually prays it is in a state of fear. Fear from two types of things. Either a human being who's an enemy, in war, for example, or non-human fear, meaning a predator. It could be a lion, it could be a tiger or panther, is in fear. Now, what is the proof? Because every time you saw the fiqh, you have to look at adilla or dalil mashru'iyyatihi. The proof of the permissibility of praying Salatul Khawf. The proof, first and foremost, from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in Surah An-Nisa, verse 102. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةِ فَالْتَقُمْ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْهُمْ مَعَكْ وَلْيَأْخُذُوا أَسْلِحَتَهُمْ فَإِذَا سَجَدُوا Allah Ta'ala said to the Prophet if you're amongst them and you establish the salah, let a group of them stand with you in the salah. So they divide into how many groups? Two groups. Let a group stand with you in the salah. And they should take with them in that salah their weapons with them. As for the second group, let them, sorry, the first group is praying with you when they go into sujood, go into sujood with them and pray one raka'ah with this group. As for the second group, they stand guard and they don't go for what? They shouldn't go for a sujood. Later on, when we're explaining it, it will become more clear the meaning of this ayah. But we want to prove now that this is established by what? The Quran. Salatu al-Khawf. 
Also many ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Jabir, who said the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one of the battles against a people called Ajuhayna, he prayed Salatul Khawf, Salatul Duhr it was. He said, the mushikeen, when they saw the Muslims praying Salatul Duhr, they said this is an opportunity for us to attack them. And Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to inform him of their plots. In fact, the mushrikeen, the polytheists said, this salah they're about to pray, ahabbu ilayhim in awladihim, is more beloved to them than their own children. So when they pray this salah, let's use the opportunity to attack them. But when Jibreel revealed this to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he arranged the sahaba radiallahu anhum in two groups. And they prayed salatu al-khawf. Also from the proofs of the permissibility is the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, La Ali, Hudayfim bin Yaman. After the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, during the conquest of many countries, they prayed Salatu al-Khawf. After the Sahaba, the scholars, there's almost a consensus that Salatu al-Khawf is legislated, except one of the scholars, who is Abu Yusuf. He said it's specific to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and in his time only. Even though we've seen from the evidences of the Sahaba, they did it. After the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the most correct opinion that Salatul Khawf is something which is legislated ila onto the day of judgment. Now the shuroot, the conditions of Salatul Khawf. The first condition of Salatul Khawf is there has to be an enemy that is present and is permissible for you to fight. It's permissible for you to fight. Therefore, highway robbers that are being attacked by the police or by Muslims, for example, they can't pray Salatul Khawf because the Muslims that they're fighting due to their illegal activity is not permissible. So therefore, they cannot pray Salatul Khawf. A rebellious group amongst the Ummah that fights against the leaders or the rulers, a legitimate ruler, they can't pray Salatul Al Khawf. The second condition, there should be a significant number of people. So if there's three of you, two of you, you're in a state of fear, each person just prays individually. And the last condition of Salatul Khawf is you only pray it if you fear by praying the Salah normally, the enemy will use that as an advantage or as a way to attack you. So these are the conditions of Salatul Khawf, the prayer of fear. So the Mu'allif, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, Bab Salatul Khawf. So how do we pray Salatul Khawf? The Mu'allif Rahimullah Ta'ala said, Tajuzu Salatu Khawf ala kulli sifatin salaha Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That Salatu Khawf is permissible according to every single way in which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he prayed Salatul Khawf. Khams or Sit Sifat. There are five or six different ways to pray Salatu Al Khawf. Five or six different ways. And all of them are permissible. Now, whether it's five, one of the five ways, or one of the six ways, I want to establish first and foremost that Salatul Khawf for the resident remains for Dhuhr, Asr, Isha as four raka'ah. For the Musafir, it becomes two raka'ah. But there are five or six different ways to pray it. Why are there five or six different ways to pray it? Firstly, it's because of whatever is easier for you to do in the battle. Secondly, and more importantly, there's five or six different ways to pray Salatul Khawf depending upon the position of the enemy. The position of who? The enemy. 
So the two positions that changes how you pray salah to hold significantly. And what is this position the enemy we're talking about? There's two positions. It's either the enemy is in the direction of the qibla. Meaning between you and the qibla is the who? The enemy. This is one position. Or the enemy is in other than the direction of where? The qibla. If your enemies are not in the direction of the qibla, there's a way to pray. If they're in the direction of the qibla, there's another way to pray. So we're going to start first and foremost with the scenario in which the enemy is in the direction of the, of the qibla. The Mu'allif, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentions these five or six different ways. We're going to start with if the enemy is in the direction of the, of the qibla. If the enemy is in the direction of the qibla, the way to pray salah to khawf, in a hadith as sahiha the hadith of Abdullah ibn Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in which he mentions Salatul Khawf. He said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he divided them into two groups, into ta'ifatayn, into two groups. And these two groups that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam divided them into, this is if the enemy is in direction of the Qibla, he arranged them in two soffayn. So in Salatul Khawf, there's only ever, no matter how large the army is, only how many rows? Two rows. So arrange them in two rows. And he made takbiratu al-ihram. Allahu Akbar. The first row, the second row, or takbiratu ihram. Allahu Akbar. The first and the second row. After the class, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to practically do this here today. So it becomes a lot more clear. Then he reads Fatiha like we normally do. Another surah of Fatiha, he makes takbir, he goes into ruku'ah. The first row, the second row, they all go into ruku'ah, like we all normally do. And then it says, Sami Allahu liman hamida, they get up from ruku'ah. And the first row, the second row, just like in normal salah, they all get up from ruku'ah. Now, this is where the difference comes. When the Imam now goes into sujood, says, Allahu Akbar, only the first row goes into sujood. As for the second row, they're standing in the direction, guarded and watching the enemy. Then when he gets off from sujood, between the sujudatain, between the two sujood, he goes again into sujood the imam. And the first row only go with him. Now what happens after this? He stands up for the second rak'ah. When the imam stands up for the second rak'ah, the second row, they've not done the what? The two sujood. They go for the two sujood. Jayid, you with me so far? But the Imam doesn't do anything, he still stands like this. Once they've got up from the two sujood, the second row now comes to the position of the first row. The second row goes to the position of the what? Second row. So now they're swapping guard duty. So in the second rak'ah now, again, the Imam goes for ruku. Both rows go for ruku. He gets up from ruku. Both rows go from ruku. Then when he goes for sujood, he goes for the sujood. Only the first, only the first row. Jayid, the second row, the row, they're still standing. Now the Imam, the second rak'ah, does he get up or is he in tashahud? He's in tashahud. When he sits for tashahud, the second row, what have they missed? Two, two sajda. They do the two sajda and then they join the Imam in tashahud. When the Imam knows they're with him in tashahud now, what does he do? He continues and he says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. 
this is if they're in the direction of where the qibla jayid is it clear so far okay i hope so because i'm going to choose these volunteers that are nodding their head and they're going to perform the salat of for us inshallah this is one way to pray another way to pray it if they're in the direction of the qibla is that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam will pray two raka'ah two raka'ah on the first raka'ah when he sits before he gets up from the second raka'ah jayyid the first group will give salam meaning they only pray how many raka'ah one then the imam stands up for the second raka'ah the second group now comes to pray with the imam when the imam gives salam they also give Salah. So each group prays how many raka'ah? One. How many does the imam pray? Two. Another way to pray is the imam could pray four raka'ah. So the, after the first two raka'ah, he prays with the first group, two raka'ah. He gives salam. The first group gives salam with the imam. Then the second group comes, they pray two more raka'ah with the imam. The imam gives salam again. Or he could just pray four together, all the four raka'ah together. Meaning, when it comes to the second raka'ah, when he sits for tashahud, he doesn't give the salam. But the second group, by themselves, they give the what? They give the salam, themselves, and they get up. When he stands for the third raka'ah, the second group comes and joins him. They put, pray to raka'ah with him, and they give the salam with him. So these are the different ways of salatu al-khawf. But the most popular one is the first one, which is the... One whereby the second group just stands and watch when they go for a sujood. This is if the enemy is in the direction of where? The qibla. Now, what if the enemy is not in the direction of the qibla? And this is what the mu'allif, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions here. The author, he says, Wal-mukhtar minha, the way to pray salatu khawf. And here he's talking about if they're in the direction of other than the qibla. Al-afdun min salati, min sifati salati al-khawf, the best way to pray it, al-waridah, that which has been narrated or related from the sunnah. And that which has been narrated from the sunnah, it also matches with the ayah, where Allah Ta'ala said, a group of them should stand, God. Is, there should be two groups. Unlike the first one, where they're all behind the imam facing the qibla, the first row, they're with the imam facing the direction of the qibla. The second row, they're facing away from the qibla. Wherever that may be, in the direction of the enemy. So let's say the enemy is behind us, in the opposite direction of the qibla. The second row will not be facing the qibla, but rather be facing the other way. Jayyid? In this salah, the imam, when he makes takbir, the second row who's facing the direction of the enemy, they don't do anything. All they're doing, they're just watching and standing guard. Jayyid? The second row, the first row, they pray one complete raka'ah with the imam. When the imam gets up for the second raka'ah, they make the intention to pray alone from the imam. So during the second raka'ah, now when they get up, when he says, Allahu Akbar, the imam gets up for the second raka'ah. They themselves now, are they praying with the imam still? They're praying by themselves for the second raka'ah. So the imam will remain standing for the second raka'ah. The second row now, they'll be praying by themselves. So they'll be in ruku', they go for sujood, the two sajda, they'll give salam. Why the imam is what? Standing. The imam will remain standing. Why does he remain standing? 
So that the other ta'ifa, as Allah Ta'ala owed them the Quran, prays another rak'ah with him. So once they're giving their salam, they go to those on duty facing the direction of the enemy, say, you go and join the imam now. When they go and join the imam, jayyid, the imam prays with them what? Waraka'ah. When the imam sits for the final tashahud, what do they do? They get up. Because they've missed waraka'ah. They get up. But imam doesn't give salam. He stays in tashahud. Till they pray that raka'ah, they join him, then he gives the what? The salam. That's if in the other direction of the qibla. Now, practical implementation, so we could see it before we move further. Because we're going to move into a khawf al-shadid, severe fear. So this is salat al-khawf. And this is fear, the prayer of fear. Now, the mu'allif, the author, rahimahullah ta'ala, says that, وَإِنِ اشْتَدَّ الْخَوْفِ صَلُّوا رِجَالًا أُرُقْبَانًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, حَافِذُ عَلَى الصَّلَاةُ وَصَلَاةُ وَصْطَى That preserve the salah, especially the middle salah, that's salatul asr. However, in khiftum, if you're in a state of fear, فَرِجَالًا أُرُقْبَانًا Pray standing on your feet. Meaning, if the fear is severe, you could just pray standing up. Oh Rukbanan, oh riding. And in the modern time now, you could pray while you're driving a tank. Or you could pray while driving the armor. You could pray while you're on the motorcycle. You could pray while you're doing the hum while you're in the hummer. So you could pray standing or sitting on an animal. Or in the modern time nowadays, riding a tank. If the fear is severe, and you pray one amil raka'ah, one raka'ah. If the fear is more severe than that, that he said, وَكَذَلِكَ كُلُّ خَيْرٍ عَلَى نَسِي يُصَلِّ عَلَى حَسَبِ حَالِهِ وَيَفْعَلْ مَا يَحْتَاجِ إلَى فِعْلِهِ مِنْ هَرَبٍ أَوْ غَيْرِهِ That every person with a state of severe fear, يُصَلِّ عَلَى حَسَبِ حَالِهِ He prays according to his condition. So if you can't do a raka'ah, whether you're like this, whether you're like this, whether you're running, you just pray in your condition. Even if you're not in a state of wudu, whatever condition you're in, you just pray. And this hand, this condition is what the ulama call hand musayafa, that your soul is in your hands. And this shows, subhanAllah, the importance of salah. That although your soul is in your hand, they're talking, it's all going off. Kalashnikovs, RPG, tanks, planes over your head, you must still pray. So you just pray according to how you could pray. And that's why some of the ulama they say, even if it's just, you pray with your head. And some say, it suffices just takbiratul ihram for that salah. In however state you are, even if you're not in a state of al-wudu, in a state of wudu. Imam Hanifa rahimahullah ta'ala is of the opinion that it's not permissible to pay waraka'ah or to pray with your head or to do takbirat ihram. But related for many ahadith, it is permissible. But the opinion of Abu Hanifa is you should delay the salah instead till you could pray properly. And it brings the dalil from Surah to or the battle of Khandaq, the battle of the trenches, that the Prophet delayed the salat al-asr till what time? Till Maghrib. And the Sahaba, when they conquered a land which is in the land of the Faris, Tustar, they delayed salat al-fajr to salat al-duha. They prayed salat al-fajr time of duha. So it's permissible to delay the salat, but at the same time, it doesn't mean it's impermissible to pray according to your condition. So the Mu'allif Ta'ala says, a person, he prays according to his situation, turning from the Qibla. And that's why in Salat Al-Khawb, there's no Sahu. If you make a mistake in Salat, usually you prostrate twice. In Salat Al-Khawb, there's no Sahu, there's no mistake. It doesn't matter what you do. 
Whether you move in, turn away from the Qibla, this way. So this is the first category. Your hands or your soul is in your hands. The other category is Hal الطالب والمطلوب If you're in a state or in a situation where you're hunting somebody down or the second situation where you're the one being hunted, you're being sought after. Some of the ulama say the one that's doing the seeking after somebody is not in fear, so he should have prayed salat al But the other ulama say no, because he's in fear of losing the enemy. He could still pray. But definitely the one that's being sought after, being chased down, for example, on a highway by highway robbers or by gangsters, if you're being sought, you could pray salat al No matter what, how you pray, just pray salat al so he went on to say, after that, وَإِذَا لَمْ يَسْتَطِيعُ الصَّلَاةِ If you cannot pray salah بِجَوَارِحِهِ With his body, due to the severe fighting. فَإِنَّهُ يَأَخِّرُ إِلَى وَقْتِ يَتَمَكَّنُ فِيهِ مِنْ فِعْلِهَا That he could delay the salah, he is permitted to delay the salah, until the time he could do it. Some of the ulama said after the battle of Khandaq, this is abrogated, but there's no delay or disabrogated. He could still delay the salah at the Sahaba. They did so after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is the severe fear. But normal salatul khawf, this is the description of the normal salatul al-khawf. Uh, we'll stop here inshaAllah ta'ala for questions. Any questions regarding salatul khawf? Anyone?